again, this is Gina Versa with the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm joined by our uh, frequent con- contributor. Chris Morgutia, loud and clear. And we are doing a special episode where we're interviewing a guest, Mr. Jody Schaefer, um, co-creator of Megas XR. And Hi, how you doing? Yeah, good to have you on, good sir. Yeah, thank you, good to be here. Everything, uh, everything going okay? How you doing? Yes, so far so good. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Jody. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time and uh, talking with us, and we'll go over some cool questions because me and Chris are really big fans of the show. So, right on. So, I see, we had an impact. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll kick this off. Uh, so, our first question is. What inspired you to get into art and animation? Like, what were some big influence influences and cartoons that you were a big fan of growing up? Oh, I was always, you know, I always enjoyed drawing as a kid, and I, I knew as I was growing up, I was either going to get into comic books or or animation. And when I started going to school, I ran into Chris Parnowski and, and George Christick, and then you know, Chris was going the animation route, and that just that kind of settled that. You know? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it just seemed like the most fulfilling uh, route to go. And I mean, growing up, you know, I watched Battle of the Planets and Star Blazers and, and Transformers, and those all, you know, featured, you know, they, they all had a tremendous influence on, on my personal taste and what I wanted to see in a cartoon. Yeah, no, those are some uh, nice, nice, uh, influence, nice influences and really cool cartoons if uh, you know, to be inspired by. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, very cool. Um, so Jody, the series is both a homage and parody of uh, mecha anime. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the anime series, um, um, just to reiterate, uh, you watched and were inspired by? Um, I just got into Evangelion, so. I, Evangelion I was actually one of the one of the big ones. Um, I was going to mention also like you know Gundam, obviously, and and uh, you know several several a lot of the, the standard giant robot anime, but I mean. One of the reasons, one of the things that actually spurred us to make, you know, to, with with the premise was because when we watched those shows, the the, the pilots were always very, you know, we were suffering from tremendous angst about having to drive these giant robots. And George and I were like, if it was us or any of our friends, we, we wouldn't care about the stakes that were, you know, we, we would just be thrilled that we get to drive the giant robot. So, you know, like, oh, the Earth's going to blow up? Well, who cares? I get to drive the giant robot. Yeah. That's that's the dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so yeah, that was that. Yeah. So the pilot episode it was shown as part of the uh, cartoon cartoon show, um, mm-hmm. and that was I remember that was a uh, like this large like contest that would they would do for uh, for like yep. shorts, mm-hmm. and was there any pressure in entering that competition that you felt or anything that you could talk about? Uh, no, not really. When, when we pitched the initial concept to Linda Semensky, the, who was the VP over the, at the, at the time, I think we, we literally uh, just sandbagged her at Comic-Con one year because she was, you know, she, she had taught some classes for me and she, she remembered me back in from, from college. So when we had this idea, I, I literally just let her know I was going to be there and just, basically pounced on her and gave her the thing and she watched it. She's like, this is, this is hilarious. I want to, I want to check this out. And, 
yeah, the cartoon cartoon show was was a contest. You know, like they would show all these different uh, cartoon shorts and let basically let the audience vote on which one they think they would like to get into a series. That's how we got like code name Kids Next Door. Or there's mm-hmm. another one I can think. Of. And uh, we just yeah we we aired ours and it, it literally it just blew all the others out of the water. So that was that was very reassuring. They didn't really know how to handle us though because we were a little bit of a deconstruction. Like literally um, had the. Uh, Adult Swim came out like a year or two after we had been in production, and if it had been, it, if it had been an entity when we were pitching it, we almost—that's almost certainly where we would have gone. Yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah, you're you're right about that because I think uh, Adult Swim came out in 2001, but at the time they were just picking up other shows that were canceled by other networks. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it was a matter of timing. Yep, I mean Venture Brothers is one of the first ones that, there, and real talk. That's one of the that that show I think is in the same vein as what we were doing. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it, it's it's an homage and it's like a parody of of the, the action cartoons of the sixties and seventies, and then basically what we were doing too, but with giant robots. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a giant Venture Brothers stan, so I'll I'll uh, definitely agree with you there. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a great show. Yeah. So um, the series, I believe, got picked up in or got the yeah, got won the competition in 2002 and was supposed to launch in December 2003. But was there any reason for the delay from 2003 to 2004? And the was there any reason for the name change from Lowbrow to Megas XLR? A couple of things there. Yes. Actually, it was we were supposed to be greenlit in uh, 2001, but just as we were on the track to getting greenlit, September 11th happened. So mm. that pushed everything back by you know by, by months and months. And then uh, just it it got delayed. Just standard uh, operating you know production holdups just kept us having to punt the the uh, broadcast date down the line till we eventually hit ours. But uh, the reason. We changed, we had to change, we did have to change our name from, from Lowbrow to Megas XLR, and it was specifically because we couldn't get the rights to Lowbrow.com. Oh. Mm. Yeah. yeah they, they were very big on, on their uh, proprietary websites. You know, like that, yeah. that's when it was first starting to blow up, and they were very big on that. Like, we got, we, we can't have kids going to, you know, like type in Lowbrow and have something else yeah. come up with. So, I could I, only imagine what the original domain name what domain was for. It was just this, as I recall, it was just weird little like uh, beatnik uh, poems and things. But there were sometimes <laughs> some fairly adult uh, themes, as I recall, and that was one of the reasons why they were like, "Okay, we're not gonna, we're not, we're not gonna <laughs> let the kids go to this." So yeah, yeah. Well, I remember uh, Vegas had some really cool uh, uh, web web uh, web games as well. Actually, that was Lisa Jones. She's she's producer over at Tipmouse now. She she's working on Bless the Hearts for Fox. Uh, she was actually one of the ones like we collaborated with her, but she led the charge for the internet presence. And at the time, basically, like Cartoon, they knew, you know, the internet was was an important thing, but they didn't, you know, they they were they didn't have a particularly big presence. But our website, because we threw in all those little Easter eggs and video games and stuff, it it blew up for them. It turned into a, this. this big thing and they started to see how much potential there was online for that sort of interactive content yeah 
And then you can't get any of those games anymore either, I think. I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, Cartoon Network, yeah. like, closed down no, the they, they don't, Yeah, they don't, they don't like to have the old you know, shows for, for... They don't like to have the games for, for shows they don't support anymore. You know, like, uh-huh. you know, sheep in the big city game up there. Sort of like that. <laughs> that was great. Um, so just changing gears, um, kind of going with the topic, car culture plays um, such a big part in MegasXLR. And I'm really curious um, what your dream car was um, growing up. Um, did you ever get to own it, or are you still looking for that dream car to buy? I mean, honestly, like, you know, I live in the middle of Los Angeles. I, I, a car for, an action, a car is just a conveyance. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, I loved, but when I was growing up, like, I did, I, I loved Mopar, you know, and, and, and Plymouth, and, and I, that, that kind of thing. That's why we based Coop's car off of the, the you know the, the CUDA and mm-hmm. and also one of the other like I said one of the other reasons why we, we want a very distinctive hood and we did we knew we wanted a blower of some kind but we didn't but it, we couldn't have it interfering with the staging like because you know we were lo- often looking through the, the front windshield that was how you know we just the show was uh, storyboard so we're like okay well this is a really this is a kick-ass car one of my favorites and it has this very distinctive very low blower so we, we went with that, and uh, they, 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 we actually approached as a, the Plymouth to get the um, to get the rights to the CUDA. Mm-hmm. You know, just so we could say, hey, it's this car, but but uh, Cartoon Network. I can't remember if it was Cartoon Network or, or if it was it, uh, the Plymouth itself, but they it, it it didn't work out. So we're like, okay, well, we got to change the car up. So we we altered the front of the, you know we altered the the, the grill, and instead of a, a, Ku, a CUDA, we called it a Kuma. After the the bear in in uh, the, the fighting game, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 No, that that's a that's a great card. It has a great build. I was just, yeah. I think mine was probably the Irox Z for Dream Cars. Oh, right. Yeah. Mine mine was a little bit more unrealistic. It was a uh, DMC twelve DeLorean because I was a huge Back of the Future fan. Still am. Nice. I mean, if I if I Get the place where I can, you know, where, where auto collecting is is a thing that I can do. I would almost certainly want to go for a, a Cuda, a Hemi Cuda. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you looked at bright red Hemi Cuda. Yeah, that's with a you know, convertible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Check, check, and check. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so working with Cartoon Network at the time, um, how was that like? Um, for our generation, the mid, well, mine and Chris our generation, the mid two thousands was uh, certainly an interesting era for the network. And just from like, just reading some articles, it seemed like there was some shakeups, things like that. What, what can you tell us about working in, um, in that era? Um, it was great. You know, they, they, it was still very, it was a very loose and creative time to be at Cartoon Network. You know, they, they gave us a lot of freedom, which is one of the reasons why we delivered late, but <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe that other than it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, I, I really did Cartoon Network. Uh, yeah, and I would go back. Just at, at the way my career has panned out, I have not had any opportunity to be there. But there's no ill will on any on any side as far as I know. And uh, yeah, I, Cartoon Network is still one of the networks that I watch more than just about anything. And, yeah, uh, same here. Still, same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I know a year or two after Megas XLR got canceled, they 
they canceled a bunch of other other shows too, and that became the the dark era of car- the so-called dark era of Cartoon Network when they started trying to push the live action, live action. stuff to compete with Nickelodeon and Disney, yep. and that didn't pan out. Yeah, that didn't pan out at all. That was not a good idea on any level. <laughs> but I will say, like uh, Bobby says, like I don't know who thought that was a good idea. <laughs> I only like Destroy, oh. Build, Destroy. Destroy, Build, Destroy. <laughs> Destroy, Build, Destroy. Andrew WK was made for TV. Andrew WK is an adorable man. And yes, that said, was the one I also was. I, I didn't like watching any of those live actions. I was like, Andrew WK, yes, you you are a sweet and precious baby. You you get a pass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So this one's kind of a, a loaded question. So just talk about the design of the main characters. Uh, you did mention at, at ToonCon that Coop and his facial expressions were partially based on Chris Farley. And, you know, it's really appreciated that the main character was a heavy set guy. So anyone can just identify with them or cosplay him at cons. And by any chance were Coop, Jamie, Kiva and Goat based off anyone you or George Christick knew in real life? I mean, Coop is an amalgam of several folks we we knew, like, like Tony Coopo, my buddy Lance, just, just several Chris Farley. You know, we just like those big jolly kind of goofy dudes that like i said when i first the, the idea was uh, george and i we I, we were at my house back in new jersey and playing video games and we you know just bounce ideas back and forth and i told george i was like i've boiled down what i want to see in a tv show down to a single sentence george and it i want to see a big fat screaming idiot driving a giant robot <laughs> and that's literally how how we went from there you know it's it's we've just always enjoyed you know that, that kind of silly physical humor and uh, we that we expanded from there. But yes, as far as as Kiva is just sort of a, an amalgam of, of various anime action girls. You know, like she she was almost um, more more of an archetype than anything. Jamie was was kind of uh, like in, in sort of ways he was sort of the, the uh, creator insert there. You know, like, like if if he, he was the one just kind of being snarky and uh, that we kind of viewed through our lens because, you know, we wouldn't be, we know George and I were like, we wouldn't be driving the giant robot. We'd, we'd be the asshole sitting next to him, having, you know, like <laughs> making smart ass comments. So that's, that's why he was there. But goat is actually a real person. We went to school with him. He's a good friend of ours. And we, at the time loved just putting him into cartoons as, as a character. Like he even did the voice for the character. So nice. So if you wonder how we got a character that skeevy into a children's cartoon, that's how. <laughs> yeah so that kind of goes into the next question um how involved were you in selecting the voice cast um did you um go to uh through like someone higher up at cartoon network um to to uh to go with these specific people or did you um um did you we had, mm-hmm. that's that's a good question we actually had some folks in mind like we coop we didn't we didn't have well we actually did some auditions through there we eventually you know we, we came to uh the uh the, what's Peter Doley's, yeah, one of the Doley's boys. So that was that was fine, you know. That and he had a great voice, and we dug that. But uh, Jamie and Kiva, we knew we actually wanted to get uh, Wendy Lee and Steve Bloom from from Cowboy Bebop, you know. And, and initially they were like, oh, "Judy, uh, you know, Jamie's a kind of a slight dude. Is, is that you know? Listen to Steve Bloom, you know. The man is he's got an amazing voice. It's very deep. It's like, is, is he going to be able to do that? And I was like. Yeah, he, I've I've listened to him. he he has the range, you know. They were they were like well they were like what about Dave Foley or that sort of like no no let's we really want Steve Bloom let's get him in to do this and he came in 
and he nailed it. And I was like, we knew he would, and because uh, you know, he had the range. That was his first Western cartoon. And that's that's when he really started to blow up. Was before then he was just doing you know voiceovers for for anime. Yeah. Like, this guy has it'd be he and Wendy. They're like these two are way too talented to just be doing you know dubs. They should be doing their own characters. So that's that kind of blew up for them. And Steve, and we still talk to the both of them. They're fantastic people. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he has such a great range too. I love him on like Rebels as the as uh, Zeb, he's just like Calabas and his like Cockney accent. Yep. I even think he did Jackie Doodle in uh, uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, my familiarity with him was voicing Tom from Hosa Toonami, and I yep. and I did catch him in a couple regular show up, shows episode uh, later on. Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, David DeLuise, um, who was the voice of Coop. I ended up finding out just recently that... Oh. Peter was a 21 Jump Street guy. That's right. I, I, I couldn't remember which Eloise it was. Dom had oh. a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually found out that uh, that he was the dad in Wizards of Waverly Place on Disney Channel. Yep. So that was like something my sister grew up watching a lot, and I just walked by a lot. And if you look, I mean, you see, like, he's, he's much thinner than Coop, but there was definitely some of him in the design as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But uh, like I said, like, um, Steve Blue, when he, when he came in, they were like, he's got a really deep voice. I was like, well, let him go. And then, then he came in with this higher-pitched, younger-sounding voice. And they were like, wow. So, ah. And Wendy, we just that, that's just her voice, and she nails it every time. <laughs> okay, I guess uh, our next question is, and you can go on about this one as long as you want. Are there any episodes, moments, lines, or jokes that come to mind as favorites from the show? I always like the button gags that we would do. <laughs> you know, my, my literal favorite one is when Coop, because this was my, I, I loved the kid, but like, they, maybe you'll like this better than, and he goes and pushes the button that says this better than. Yes. <laughs> it was just so, yeah, we would just hang lampshades on that stuff, and it was just so stupidly, you know, ridiculously funny. That was, it was, that's, that's exactly my brand of humor. So, so yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a great gag. Oh, definitely. That's timeless. I, I, we loved when we got to hang a lampshade on anything that, um, gave, like that any 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 network notes or any any of the rules. You know, they were like, make sure that when you're smashing these buildings, make sure they come across as being empty. And that's where a lot of those snarky signs came from. And we and we were happy about that because you know it it, it let us plus the humor. You know, it's like this. You know, they they they'd crash into a building and there'd be a big sign on there saying this building scheduled for demolition anyway. Or conveniently <laughs> uninhabited building, you know. Cool. Um, talking more about Migus XLR. Um, after after it wrapped, um, how how do you feel like it influenced any projects you worked on afterwards in terms of like characterization, action, or humor, or just your own style? If it changed or anything? No, it's still it's still pretty pretty much in, in my wheelhouse. I mean, Chris Parnowski afterwards, you know, he he went on to do Motor City because that's he is really into car culture. In fact, he's the one that hit Meg, the robot. It was actually based on one of Chris's original designs. I designed the characters, but the, the robot, even though we had Edward Artinian as our main robot guy in the actual production, of the, when we were in the development stage, uh, Chris had the idea of putting the car for the head for the robot. And cause he like, 
we were coming at it from a video game angle, you know, like this this nerd who knows how to play video games, and that's why he can you know, pilot the robot. But Chris was like, well, why don't we make it a car too? Because that's a cool badass, and they were like, that's a great idea, and it looked really cool, and we ran with it. Nice, yeah, yeah, uh, Chris, yeah. We uh, yeah we uh, ran into Chris Perry in your panel. He was he was great. He drew us um, <laughs> some really cool sketches as well. Crazy talented dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any element or excuse me? Um, so we know that um, due to Cartoon Network writing it off as a loss, the show unfortunately um, it can't be revived as of now. Um, are there any concept you would have brought to a revival um, and what series that got revived? So like, say like Samurai Jack or. Actually, we, we talked about that. You can't ever, you can't never say never. We'll, we'll see if anything comes because uh, they have been, Vegas still airs in, in South America and there are other markets and it is still making them money. So it's probably making the, the money at this point, even though like it's all the losses to get it written off onto it. I, I, it's probably pretty close to, at least breaking even, which when that happens, you know, who knows what the future holds. Um, so, uh, yeah, oh, but the, uh, if, if we were going to do a revival at this point, we would probably, like, a, yeah, go for an adult swim style, because we've had, we, we have talked about that a lot, go figure, but uh, yeah, adult swim style, probably, a, 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 if, if not a full reboot, you know, maybe at least the since, since the original show was like 15 years ago, we were like making to put it on Adult Swim and have it just take 50, you know, take place 15 years in the future from there. You know, the, what Coop hasn't developed at all. He's now he's a dude in his late 30s living in his mom's basement. It's like, you know, <laughs> but so except for driving the robot, he's actually pretty pathetic. You know, <laughs> I, I'd buy into that. Yeah, I'd, I'd do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I actually did a really quick Google search and I was surprised to see like there was people in the Philippines selling like drink toppers, drink toppers that they gave out as part of oh, like yeah. kids at Jollibee's. Yep, Jollibee was the only was the only franchise that, that picked up our merchandising options. Real talk, that was one of the reasons why uh, at at the time one of the reasons we were get we did get canceled was because we they also had Teen Titan the original Teen Titans and Ben Ten were going out like and that those were three properties that were all competing for the same audience. And although we were you know, like we our ratings were on par with theirs. Like that, that was something people don't realize. So we were actually a really popular show. Go figure. But uh, they were Teen Titans, and and you know Ben Ten was Sam Register's baby. And I said, well, and at that point, Linda Semensky, who was our executive, she had she had moved on to PBS, so we didn't really have anybody in the upper echelons uh, to to fight for us. And that's just the way. The, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. All right. So we come back. 14, 14 years later, after the series ran its course, and oh. in the series OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes, there was an episode, Crossover Nexus, that aired a year ago in 2018, and it was That's a tribute to a lot of the past Cartoon Network shows. And uh -huh. he was seen very briefly as a stone statue, as like yeah. a victim of the villain that brought all uh -huh. these characters into that universe. And were you aware and that Kiva was in that, and were you surprised I that? I was, I, it was a surprise and it was a pleasant surprise, you know, like animation is a pretty small industry. So uh, like we, we know a lot of those guys, you know, some of those folks worked on our show and, you know, and, uh, or, or we're just friends with them and they knew and they know us. So like, Hey, this is something they probably get a kick out of. So they put them in, they put her in there and, and that just felt good to see that we weren't completely forgotten by, you know, the, by 
primary Cartoon Network crash. <laughs> yeah, another note to that was I read into that a bit more, and there were a few cartoons that aired ap after Megas XLR ran its course, and they got they were supposed to be represented, but they got cut for runtime. So. Yep. Surprise. Again, that's there. there isn't any malice in it. That's just the way that that's just the nature of production. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. And I guess that takes us to our last question. Um, is there anything you've worked on since Megas XLR or are working on right now that you would like to share, let people know about? Uh, currently, <laughs> I'm actually working on, uh, like, I was, it's called The Great North. And it stars Nick Offerman and uh, here, let me find some more about it. But it's going to be on Fox after Bob's Burgers, uh, and it's going to be airing uh, like towards the end of next year. Nice. Uh, yeah. Let's see who else. Yeah, I think we're both. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. We're both huge Nick Offerman fans and mm -hmm. uh, Bob's yep. Burgers fans, so we're definitely going to be looking forward to it. Love me some. Oh yeah. It's it's the Bob's Burgers writers writing, you know, Ron Swanson. It, it's a slam dunk. Like it's, <laughs> I, I obviously I can't I can't violate any NDA, but I can say, you know, usually a, a, a TV show takes a few episodes to kind of develop, you know, and grow the beard to, to like, figure out the format. But again, these the Bob's Burgers writers. They know what they're doing, and they already knew the character. You know, like Nick Offerman, he, he brings Ron Swanson, in, and it's amazing. So like, okay, let's, uh, you know, they they knew exactly who it was they didn't have to worry about you know like learning his character over the first few episodes and again that's that because everybody knows who nick offman is they didn't have to worry about explaining it to the audience either so they were able to hit the ground running yeah I'm really looking yeah that one i'm really looking forward to that one coming out next year oh definitely yeah no that seems like really interesting it's uh it's yeah i mean he's not not like season one era, era of uh, the simpsons where homer is just like hey. walter Matthau. though <laughs> Frosty chocolate milkshake. Oh. <laughs> yeah, still trying to find they the still, voice. They they still call that out, which is which is funny. I don't really watch, like nobody really watches them anymore, but they still show up and and they they did a voice recognition gag with him, and you know like but the the recording was made in like you know the late eighties, so he did you know. It, yeah, it, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, a great gag, but uh, but Jody, um, just wrapping up, um. Where can listeners find you in terms of social media um, to follow you after this episode? I have a small, I, I don't really, I have a small Twitter presence, but I'm not really around. Like if, if, if I start self-promoting and something again, which I do have some stuff in development, but I don't want to, you can't talk about it because then you'll jinx it. But if I, I do have something like that, like you, you'll be able to find me on Twitter, you know, just Jody Schaefer at, at, at Twitter. Um, and that's, that's really it for now. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, always, yeah, trying to ask. But uh, no, thank, I guess um, that wraps up the interview. Um, Jody, just, you know, I wanted to say thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. It was a blast talking to you. A huge pleasure, yes. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you, guys. It's always, always a lot of fun to talk about this stuff. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, hope maybe hope to have you back on. Who knows? But um, Jody, thank you so much. Um, I guess this wraps up the episode. As always, we end with uh, um, Chris. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Machapon underscore. Um, not as active lately, but just trying to clean up my act a little here and there. Mm -hmm. And you can follow. I, I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> follow the Waffle Press at the Waffle Press. Subscribe 
iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. Thank you.